You are listening to Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. I'm Dr. Danielle Lapointe, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. Today, we are in Oklahoma with Emily Barkley. Hi, Emily. Hi. So good to have you today. Um, we're going to get right into it, but first, we have a special, me- special message from our sponsor, Ticket Spigot. On March 16th at 12.30 Eastern Time, Ticket Spigot and the NIAAA are putting out a webinar called The Evolution of Digital Ticketing. That would be a great one to catch and hear some digital ticketing tips from an all-star panel of ADs, including Russ Waterman, Greg Shook, Ryan Adams, and Paradox alum, Becky Moran. Be sure to register for it, and the link to do that is in this episode's description. So, Dustin, are you ready to get into it? You want to introduce Emily? I know she's probably cringing at this, but (laughs) for me, it was like... um, you know how you are at Christmas Eve and you know Christmas is coming and there's presents coming or maybe Santa's coming to visit and it's a big event in your life when you're growing up. Well, this is a big event for me because <laughs> I have a ton of respect for, for Emily Barkley. Um, I I tell her that she's my favorite Barkley. Her husband is a basketball coach at Rogers State University and when I, back in my collegiate days, I'm a recovering collegiate athletic director and back in those days, Um, we had some battles with Justin Barkley and Roger State, and we came out on the wrong end of that. So to preface all of that saying that he's not my favorite Barkley, he's my least favorite. Um, (laughs) That's her husband. But Emily is the (laughs) athletic director at Union High School, um, and we'll talk about geography and that, but we'll talk about some of that history because Union is um, the standard. Union and Jeeks have been the standard in athletics in Oklahoma for a long, long, long time. And it's no surprise to me because of the leadership that they have there. But uh, Emily Barkley has been the president of the OIAAA. She is very active in her state. We'll talk about some of that stuff, but I am super excited to have Union's AD, Emily Barkley here. And Emily and I go back a, a long time, back when I was at the collegiate level, she hosted our conference tournament at her facility. So. Um, it's it's an incredible facility, and then they just upgraded their football stadium. So we'll talk about that uh, just a little bit later. Uh, but Emily, I'm excited to have you. I'm pumped to, to talk to you and get to visit with you and, and laugh with you today. Yeah, thank you all so much for having me, uh, Dustin. Like I said, we've we've known each other for quite a while. Enjoyed when they got to come here. Very, he was very well respected as an athletic director um, on the Division Two level, and. And I enjoyed getting to know him and Danielle. I, I'll enjoy getting to know you even in the short time prior to this. So I look forward to uh, creating a friendship there. So thank you all for having me. So Emily, as as we begin this, we talk about your husband being a a basketball coach at the collegiate level and with the transfer portal and NIL and all that goes into that. And he's constantly recruiting, constantly game planning. How in the world do you have any time with him and your daughter being an AD yourself at the high school level and him being a basketball coach at the collegiate level? Well, he, he and I don't see each other very much. He, you know, he's, as you know, he's very passionate about what he does. He, I, I am a little biased. I think he's very good at what he does, but he, um, he understands what I do as an athletic director and I understand what he does as a coach and it's never, um, been an issue for us in terms of time. We don't celebrate holidays on the right day. We don't celebrate birthdays on the right day. We, we take the next closest day. In fact, um, on Valentine's day, my, uh, almost six-year-old daughter 
wanted her dad to take her out on Valentine's day. And so I told him that's, that's what you're going to go do. And we, we ended up not even celebrating together, which was, which was fine. We just understand each other where our schedules are so busy. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we weren't sure going into it when they send everybody home and, and said, you, you have to be there and we don't know when you're coming back. And we kind of looked at each other and, and thought, okay, now we're going to see if we really like each other. Cause we, we just <laughs> never, ever see each other. Um, it was, it, you know, while the country was going through a lot of tough times, it was good for our family. We got to spend a lot of time together that we, we don't get to do, went for walks, um, and, and do stuff like that. But like you said, it goes from, uh, the season October to March, and then it goes to recruiting season, uh, which goes throughout the summer. And, and so, um, I, I heard some of your, your all's former podcasts talk about athletic directors, not really having hobbies. And I, you know, I've thought about that when people say, what are your hobbies? And, and for me right now in this season of life, it's being a coach's wife is my hobby, uh, making goodie bags when they go on road trips and having them out to our house. Um, and then being, being a mom and anything that we can do with her. Cause there's just not a lot of spare time that goes, uh, goes outside of that. But in terms of Sutton now, Sutton and I get to spend a lot of time together. Um, she is a trooper. She, I don't, you know, we only have one. Um, we, Justin and I got married a little bit later on in life and, you know, got a little older and we were only able to have one. Um, but luckily for us, she is, she is a really, really easy kid. She's very adaptable. Um, she's never had a bedtime in her life. It's when we get home from an event and, um, she, that's never affected her. She's never been an emotional kid. And I've, I've been able to drag her everywhere with me. Now, all that to say, we have, both of our parents live in town and so um, live close to us. And so we have a lot of help. My sister lives here. His sister lives 45 minutes away. So um, not to say we do it all on our own because because uh, our family spend a lot of time with her. But when I've needed to drag her to events, um, she's going to spend her sixth birthday in two days at the state basketball tournament. That's where we celebrated her first birthday was at the state basketball tournament. So I thought I dodged a bullet by having her right after Justin's season um, and then realized, no, I just got her into playoffs uh, at her during playoffs. But the, the kid doesn't care. And, and luckily for all of us, we we have a similar personality. We just enjoy the time that we are able to get together. And I, and I feel like you really just kind of talked on a, and touched on a whole bigger point where um, my husband actually was joking over the weekend about how there should be a paradox too, where we talk about talk to AD spouses, because right. that support that you have at home um, is really vital to, I think, a lot of AD success and having somebody who understands um, what you're doing and why you're doing it and your passion for it um, at home is just really an awesome thing to have. And it sounds like you definitely have that with your husband and being a coach, he probably understands it even further. He does. And I think we both provide a unique perspective because and Dustin, Dustin knows him. When I say he's very, very passionate, everything he does uh, basketball related, he's very passionate about. And so sometimes um, that can come at the expense. And I joke, I think all basketball coaches are a little whiny on some areas and I'll, and I'll tell him that, but um, he, when he does that and, and I'm able to provide a perspective to him, like, Hey, if you came to me and said that, this is what I would say back to you or, and it may not be something he likes at the time, but he's very receptive to that. Now on the flip side, 
Um, there's times that, you know, I've had a long week and I um, am tired and I'll sit down and, you know, he'll be like, man, I can't believe, you know, whatever. So-and-so didn't reach out and tell so-and-so congratulations. You know, they just want a big game. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh man, I was there. I mean, surely that coach knows I support him, but then he'll provide a perspective like, no, you need to reach out and, and let him, let him or her know uh, that, not just because you were there. And so he's able to point out a few things to me as well of, um, man, I wish our administration would do this, that, or whatever. And then I can in, sit back and think, oh yeah, that that's important to a coach um, instead of getting into the details of what we're doing and just thinking that's enough. So we. I usually ask people to tell me what a resume won't tell me. And so you've done that already. So you took away one of my favorite questions, uh, but, but I do want to talk about for those that are geographically challenged. We mentioned this on several podcasts, where unions located and what that is in the state of Oklahoma. Sure. We are in uh, the Northeast part of um, the state and we're the second largest school uh, by ADM, by average daily membership. There's school districts. We are one high school um, in our district. We're 20 square miles. And just to put that into perspective, Broken Arrow is the largest uh, high school in the state. And they are by about 400 kids ADM wise, nine through 12. We have about 4,200. They have about 4,600. Um, and they're the largest and they have 2,200 square miles for their district. And so we're kind of landlocked in here. Um, don't anticipate just a ton of growth uh, plan to stay one high school just because of geography. I mean, for those of you who've never been to Tulsa, um, we sit at 71st and Mingo and 71st and Mingo is kind of the center of Tulsa in terms of um, we have a big mall next to us. We have a pretty big bonding capacity at the moment because of the um, the, the restaurants and shops and everything that's right around us. So we, we are about a 75% free and reduced school district at the moment. Um, and if you just looked at our facilities, you would never think that, but again, we have a big bonding capacity, um, which we're able to, um, do a lot of capital growth, uh, improvements on, on buildings and facilities. Um, but we do have, uh, quite a, quite a range of, um, demographics and you know social um status with within our students here at our school and what she's not telling you is the athletic success that they've had at union um she's talked about some of their competitors jinx won't be in one of those uh, and jinx and union for i believe it was 20 years one of them were in the won the state title and many times they were playing each other in the state championship football game so um and it wasn't a small capacity we'll talk about some of that I think in a little bit but um, Emily oversees a very successful athletic program um, that is a standard in the state of Oklahoma uh, and not just Oklahoma but regionally as well people know what union is people know what jinx is um, and they're competitors that play each other quite frequently so Emily let's let's just jump into it let's talk about we've, we've given some backstory <laughs> let's let's have some fun let's laugh a little bit um, but let, let's jump into, uh, I know you got a couple stories for us. So lead off with, with what you think is a, is a great story for you. Well, um, you know, hearing your all's first opening podcast with Becky, it, it just, I think it kind of gave me post-traumatic stress disorder of, of <laughs> all the times, uh, you could call us streaking you. And she, for those who didn't hear her podcast talking about situations where, 
you know, student athlete or, or not a student athlete, a student in the school, um, you know, might have come across there. And so it just, it took me back to one of my early years, whenever I was here, like Dustin said, Jameson Union uh, played for a state championship for 20 years, not, not each of us, one of us won the state championship for 20 years in a row. And actually that's who we lost to this year in the state championship uh, was Jinx again um, because of, I mean, the tradition that they've had in there, but the, this was um, in 1999 prior to myself being here. Um, I was actually at the university of Tulsa as a student, but they had, they had to move the football game over there um, because of, we can only host, we can only hold about 12,000 people here and Jinx can at the time could hold about seven or eight. Um, and the game was drawing so much attention that they had 40,000 fans uh, come to a game. And so they moved it over to the University of Tulsa. So fast forward a little bit and in one of my very first years here, you know, young administrator, I got hired when I was 24 as an assistant athletic director and, and never really, um, I didn't coach or teach. I, I coached while I was in college as like a student assistant um, because I was able to do it. I'm a union graduate, so I stayed close to home. And and um, the memories I had just with everything um, as a student athlete, just really, I, I knew this is what I, I actually walked into our athletic director as a senior in high school and I laugh and one day put my feet up on his desk and said, I'm going to take your job one day. And at the time he just handed me his keys and said, you can have it right now. And, and at the time I was thinking, man, he has the coolest job in the world. Um, you know, not knowing what all goes behind the scenes. I, although I did, I still think we have the coolest job in the world with its challenges, but, um, but at that time I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I went to the university of Tulsa and, um, and just uh, helped over here. And so got hired at a really young age to come back because the people here, I mean, it's, it wasn't because of anything else, except for that I had made relationships and the people here were still had been here when I was in high school and they knew of me. And, and so I'm 24 coming to one of our first games. We're at the university of Tulsa. Um, You know, at this time it had calmed down a little bit, 25,000 people, you know, at this game. And, but you're and, not in uh, your facility. You're normal. No, like, you know no. the back of your hand. You don't know it. Right. It, so, okay. it, you know, it, it, our administrative duties at that game, our principals were working their tails off behind uh, the University of Tulsa had these areas behind their stands where kids just went and were acting stupid and fights and all kinds. So they're they're all into that. But as an administrator, you know, I don't know how you all feel, but I love away games. Holy cow. You get to actually watch <laughs> the game for the first time ever. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about this and we're over there. We're in the corner, caddy corner. I'm sure the jinx admin was in the far corner. Um, and, and lo and behold, I look up and, and there's a, a kid um, jumps the fence or drops off the side of it to you kind of sits down a little bit. So it's a pretty, it's a, it's a, five foot drop. Um, he has a, uh, oh, like the Jamaica type, uh, beanie on his head. So it's every color. Um, and you may wonder why I remember so much about this, but he had that on and a pair of socks and that was it. Why the socks? Why the socks? I, I don't know. And the kid is running diagonal straight to the corner where I'm standing with about five or six security guards. And so I'm thinking, I mean, he, this is the only way to get out of the stadium is where he's running at us. And 
it, all I'm thinking as a 24 year old girl is one, I'm not touching, I'm not getting near that. I don't, I don't know who's taking him down, but it's not going to be me. And then two, I can see in the look in all these security guards eyes, like I'm not doing it either. So anyways, he makes his way through, you know, this is right where you start pointing fingers saying he's not our kid. He's not our kid. And he flashes the upside down you. Um, and so I feel pretty confident that it's not one of our kids as he's flashing it at our student section. Um, and they, they do tackle him, put him in the back of a police car. I think at some point may have gotten some clothes on him. Um, and, and it's, you know, this is live TV. This is 25,000 people. This is, and we're just dying. You know, it, it becomes, uh, you know, who tackled him, which one, you know, got him and all that. Um, but it, then the reality sat in and it, it was a really pretty scary deal for a little bit because, um, you know, indecent exposure, um, it, all kinds of things. They start talking about charges for this poor kid. And, you know, now you're and, and the way they would have done it, they talked about doing it was uh, per exposure. And so, you, you know, you have twenty five thousand tickets sold. So you've got that easy number. And then they they do impressions off of TV, even though I think live TV cut off, you know, there's still a delay on there, but they're like, well, it was on TV, all this stuff. And so, you know, as an athletic director, I'm thinking what in the world? And that, that probably stands out as one of the, uh, the craziest moments in, in terms of um, why a kid would do that. But I do want to point out, you've never, you've noticed in all of these things, it's never been a girl that's jumped I was over just gonna, I, never never I was just Dustin, gonna say that these streakers are not yeah. females no Dustin you have any insight on why are we just uh we need answers wired well, a little bit better mm -hmm. I, I will say this <laughs> Dustin has never been part of a episode <laughs> just so we can get that out there so we can't <laughs> blame guys but yeah. yes I'm with you that it's been mostly males um I've, yes. I've never seen a female do it um so <laughs> I, I, I wish i had some explanation for it i just don't know that our yeah. brains are wired a little differently we just think it's a great idea in that moment and it's really not a great idea with just more impulse and say that's what I, i'm trying to i'm trying to get in that mindset and i can't well, but, well, typically, I think I've found when these things happen and you you get down to the, you know, we I don't have to deal. Our, our athletic department is completely separate in terms of we don't report to a high school principal. We so usually I can go back and say, well, what you know what they do discipline wise, what you know, having not to have to do anything with that. And a lot of times is, well, the kid got offered 100 bucks. I'm like, dang, it would have taken me so much more than a hundred bucks <laughs> if you had to consider doing uh, something like that. I would like to resort back to that first episode mm -hmm. when I said there wasn't enough zeros on that for me. Exactly. hundred dollars. Exactly. So, what, what it is about a hundred bucks to get somebody to jump over and, and do that. You know, and, and the socks, like it's yeah. a male and their socks always like what? Yes. If we, if we keep having these, we're going to have to call it Parasox instead of Paradox <laughs> for, for this situation. But my question to you, Emily, is we go back to that situation, that kid running smooth at you. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you thinking I'm going to I'm going to make an attempt and just, you know, miss the tackle um, or I'm not even going to try it. I may try to trip him if, I, if that's the case, but I ain't touching any part of him. What is your mindset of? How am I going to not look like I'm not doing my job 
right a, a naked teenage kids running at me yeah you know, I think I got a free pass on that no matter what I was gonna do on it and and in that moment I thought this no we've got security here for a reason and I'm not getting in the middle of any of this <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, I think that's where, as a girl, you can say, I'm out. Uh-uh, and your hands no are a little tied, too, because you're not even at your facility. No, no. You're at someone and else's it, facility. And we don't know at this point if it's even our kid. Not that you can put your hands on, you know, your own kids. But there's just so much more that you're like, I don't know. And I think, you know, in terms of security, they tackle first and then ask those questions later. You know, they're, uh, we'll just take care of the situation. And, and I've seen some of those situations where a player has actually just made the tackle. Oh like if God. they run out there and some kid just waylays this kid and tackles him and says, all right, I'll, I'll help security and just get him down. Uh, yeah. I guess none of that happened either. No, I, I really think it was a moment if, if I mean, if that was a long time ago. I think it was a moment where they were separated in their huddles and the kid found a great opportunity, you know, maybe after a touchdown or something and thought, okay, now's my chance. Got all eyes on me. So did the the charges ever get filed or pressed? You know, I don't remember. I don't, I think that at at that point, um, the, uh, the scaring the kid and and doing all that, I I don't think anything ended up being legally charged. I'm sure there was some suspension from school or, Mm -hmm. you know, once they found his wallet, wherever that might've been trying to figure out who the kid was, um, you know, and that's the other thing, the first, unfortunately, we've had several of these situations, the first, and not always, again, it's not always um, completely, you know, without clothes, sometimes they're just kids running on the field, but they're always say, no, I'm not a union student, no, I'm not a, you know, and you're thinking, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of it, you might as well just tell us who you are, we've got you here. You might as well tell us who you are. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you don't know every one of your 4,200 kids. <laughs> and were you invited to play back there ever again after that? We did. We did. Um, now, we haven't played there the last couple of years. And I think our games were way more challenging to manage from their perspective than a college game. Because think back of a collegiate game, the people that go to those games are going to watch the game. They're, they're, you're usually paying, you know, whether it's sometimes a $20 ticket, but you're not going to pay that and not go watch it. Unfortunately for the high school atmosphere, um, sometimes we would play on Thursday nights just because if the University of Tulsa had a game on a Saturday, we'd have to play it on Thursday by conference rules. And so when we did that, that was drawing the, the neutral fan coming to that. So you got neutral students coming to it that they were coming to pick fights or they were, you know, there was a lot of um, extra people being there. So we, we now host the game back at our place. And I think Jinx um, is going to start hosting it back at there. They've done a, a little bit of renovations and the numbers haven't justified quite going over there. Um, again, when we made that move, our coach wanted it back here, our school board. I mean, we're opening a brand new stadium with, um, you know, it's, it's a $55 million renovation of the whole campus and everybody wanted to show it off except for myself and our assistant ad who was like oh it's so much easier when it's at the university of Tulsa. can we please keep that game over there but now we we had traded out a few games this last year uh because we only had half of the stadium and with covid capacity 
Um, so we traded out our big games. So we started out our first four games as sellouts here at the new stadium, which again is about 12,000. And by that week four or five, you're just exhausted from, from the questions that go into that and everything. But my question is this student may have just been a student, not a union or a jinx student. It may have just been a student who, I guess this is the wrong thing to say. I guess he had a lot of skin in the game, but may not have had a skin <laughs> in the game. <laughs> just just wow. invested in there. Uh, yeah. That's well, probably no, you, you can't get out of your head. You bring up a good point. We had a soccer match this past spring. And uh, just a quick story on that, because, I mean, you could talk all day about these. But um, we were playing Jinx, and it was a, a big uh, game. And it was on TV and on our soccer comp. We don't play soccer at our football stadium. We have a separate soccer soccer complex, but it only has fan seating on one side. So the other side is pretty much um, the, where the scoreboard is. And there's nothing over on that side. Um, so there's really, we, we haven't put security. I mean, there's really no reason to be over there. You can tell if somebody's over there, but sure enough, during this game, kid jumps out of the stands, runs across, he has his clothes on, but he t- proceeds to pull his pants down and moon the crowd. There were two of them, and then go to the corner and scale the fence because nobody was over there, and get out of there. the The problem was we have really good cameras all around our our eighth grade center where those games were being held, and we were able to um, track where they the getaway van. And, and their mistake is they pulled the getaway van to the other side and decided to put their clothes on and come back into the game. So then we had them on camera and come to find out it was a broken arrow student. It wasn't even a union uh, or a jink student, you know, as we're all like, no, it wasn't one of ours. No, it wasn't one of ours. And he was just, again, a kid who said, well, they paid me a hundred dollars to, to go do it. And uh, we did it and they weren't in our playoff. And so they, they, he chose to do that since he wasn't playing that game <laughs> as if that rationale makes any sense or makes it okay. Right. Hey, I'm, I'm not a student at one of these, but I think this is a great idea to go out there and pull yes. my pants down and moon the crowd. And then <laughs> the thought Once process again, of let me get into the getaway van and go to the other side and get back right. into the game. Right. Right. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't know the thought process there. Yeah, I, I can't even pretend to get in that mindset because I don't. I don't know. Maybe Danielle, yeah. she she may have some experience with that, but I have zero. Justin, these are all male students. They're your people. <laughs> these are your people. They are my gender, yes, but they're not one of these that happen at my game. I'm oh, just saying from your game. You just, from your oh, game. you just so, jinxed yourself. Oh, so no, poor Justin. game management. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, it's about to happen. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just going to Look, Jinx the Union and watching that. Nancy over there. I'm like, you see him get Nancy? He's like, uh-huh. oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let me just put that on the, out there on the record. I don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So you've doomed I, I yourself go, already. Mm-hmm. I may go Emily Barkley on him. I may go Becky Moran on him and just be like, we got security guards for reasons. Uh-huh. But see, the difference now too, though, is Dustin is back when this happened to Emily and um, Becky. They there wasn't like social media. If this right. happens to you now, like we're gonna get to see it all. It's going to be recorded, and we're gonna get to yes. watch it and see what you do in your reaction and perhaps <laughs> your tackle. Well, the, 
the reality is, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go back to what I said to three socks. I'm gonna say there's laws against guys touching guys that aren't clothed. So, it's uncomfortable, yeah. I'm gonna let security handle that. Hopefully, they don't break out a taser because I'd feel bad for that kid if they get hit with that. Um, but that's a whole nother crap. But the story is not about me. These are Emily's stories. Let's focus yes, back on Emily. Yes. But I do want to come back when you have your story, and I want to mm-hmm. I want to hear that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, there's one of these that we're probably going to have to tell stories, and I've already offered Daniel's husband the opportunity to tell stories from his point of view. I've My declined for him. on here uh, because she don't talk in front of people, <laughs> so it's great for me. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to Emily and talk about why we're here. Um, Emily, you got you got a you got another story, I think. Um, that yes. I- I do. And I'm going to sneak one in there. I didn't, I didn't run it by y'all earlier, but I, I think this is the real part of our job that I think some people can relate to. I want to tell a very embarrassing moment on myself as, as a young. uh, So I, I've been at union for 18 years and eight of it, I was an assistant AD. And so 10 years ago, I'm finishing my 10th year as the AD. So I think it might've been, I mean, might have been 10 years ago, one of my first jobs. And and you guys know um this job demands a lot. We there nobody ever, and I know this, I can say this because I was the assistant AD, but when things go really wrong, nobody says, let me have the assistant AD's number. I'm gonna call them and 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 you know let them have it. Mm-hmm. Um so normally it's the AD. And what w- way we try to do it here is we divide up some sports and I have some help and you know, I want them to be the first line of contact um, if there is, because after a while, when I first took over, I thought I can't do this every day, get emails and get beat up. And, and, you know, it wasn't personal, but it felt like every situation and, and you just can't be in crisis mode all the time for that. And so kind of divided those up a little bit, but this, I got an email one day and it just caught me in one of those moments where I was really just trying to, trying to get through things really fast. You know, I'm I, like, I told you guys earlier, I'm a type A. So when I answer an email, it's filed. When I handle a situation, it's filed and and we file it and move on and and tackle the next thing. And so I got an email from this. Or don't tackle the next thing. Yeah. (laughs) Or don't, in my case, don't tackle it. Um, But I I got an email from some random person and, and he was very nice. And this is where I start to feel bad, but very nice. And he said, I saw that you guys, um, had your track team had gotten this relay uh in in whatever time you know they ran it in and and I was on the track team you know 40 years ago and and I think we might have beat it um can you look in your records and uh and let me know what the what the actual record is well again I've been here 18 years we don't keep record. I don't in the athletic office keep records of our track team or our, you know, our coaches have done that. And when you lose a coach, sometimes things are lost and, you know, it can just, can just go that way. And so you do what the, the best you can. And so I reach out to our head track coach at the time and he's, a, he was, he's a good friend of mine. He's no longer here, but real good friend of mine, a coach, um, can you look this up and, and let me know? And he writes back and, you know, unfortunately I don't have record of it. Here's our, you know, fastest time, whatever. So I kind of send it back to the gentleman and say, Hey, look, our, you know, coach looked into it. And, and he writes back and he goes, no, I think it was this year and, and this. And, 
you know, he starts giving me a little more detail. And so at this point, I'm pretty frustrated. I, you know, he's trying to be nice, but really, what does it matter 40 years ago that there might have been a time that was like a split second, like maybe we have it recorded wrong. And so I'm thinking, all I want to do is get this done, go on to my next task. So, so I send to our coach and I said, coach, can you look this, whatever, or, and I said, or just make it up. I don't care. Just give me, (laughs) give me an answer of what this time is so I can give this guy back an answer. So he forwards me back an answer and I hit forward on that email. Hey, sir, I found the answer for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh Not knowing that further Uh down the email it was the chain I had sent to my coach that had said, hey, just make something up. I really don't care. I've got to feed this guy and move on type of deal. And I, the, the email I received back from this man uh, was probably the most honest and most scathing email I've received. I'm sorry to have bothered you. I'm sorry to have taken too much of your time, you know, and oh man, I felt, I just felt incredibly, I mean, that is not the person I am. Uh, you know, what little Dustin knows about me, I, I would never, you know, I, my goal is to make people happy. I'm a people pleaser. I, I like, you know, that. And so I just, I ate it and I just told him, look, that's my fault. I was in a hurry. I was trying to get through it. I, because I had a million things on my plate, isn't your fault that you were asking a question. And, and luckily he was very nice in his response and said, I, I completely understand. And I appreciate the email back, but um, I, I wanted to share that because I thought, you know, those are situations we're all going to, we're all going to have streakers one day, Dustin, uh, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> this might prevent a young AD thinking, uh, you know, just be real careful what you write down on an email, be real careful when you forward stuff back without going back through the email to see what you're about to forward and who you're about to forward it to. Well, and I had a like almost identical thing happen with relay for track about 40 years ago. Same thing. Coaches changed. Like it was, it was a long time. It was like five. Like when it happened, right. there's no way I have records of this. Um, I didn't forward the email, but I felt what you were feeling, the exact same thing, where I was like, I've done everything I could do to, to try to locate this information. I looked, I went back and looked in yearbooks. Um, right. So sometimes that stuff um, can be difficult when you want to help, but you really don't have time to help. And yeah, right. I didn't, so- I didn't forward it though. I didn't do that. Yeah, that's a bad feeling. I'm going to just go out there and say, Emily has not forwarded us any emails, so she could be making up all of this stuff. We don't know. (laughs) But there's no proof that she isn't. I know she's not, but, um, you know, those moments, and we all have them, when you stick your foot in your mouth and you wish you hadn't. And sometimes I feel like all I do is open my mouth to change feet because (laughs) I'm doing something different that I probably I mean, we all have those stories. Reality right. is, and I appreciate you being op- honest and real there because I think people listening need to understand that They're, we're going to have those moments. You're trying to check off a list, and sometimes you may just honestly respond, "Hey, I'm just trying to get this this handled." Yeah. And yeah. here's the mess up I had because of it. Well, now we don't. We know with the paper trail. Now you definitely don't put that out there. But right, and thank goodness I don't think you know Twitter. Or- whatever I mean that could email could have been in this day and age it could have been copied and put on there and this is the athletic director you have at your school and this is how she handles things and you know you feel like okay dodged a bullet just like not having cell phone cameras in high school I feel like 
our generation dodged a bullet on that one, you know, for the stupid yeah. stuff that you do that's documented now that, that, you know, probably everyone has done in their entire life. It's just now you get it caught on a camera and turned in. The, wor- because the world <laughs> sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about um, our previous episode with, with Three Socks Moran. Um, and it's it's fitting we're doing that on International right. Women's Day, and I want to celebrate both of you two for being uh, leaders in our field and our profession as as females. I want to I want to say that to begin with. Um, but you also referenced Cole Canyon and his live chicken episode, and I think you've got a little bit of chicken. Not that you played chicken with the streaker earlier, mm-hmm. but a little another chicken story. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, you know, when I originally I was messaging with Danielle just about some some funny things that had happened in my career, um, I said, "Well, there's a situation with a chicken." I said, it "wasn't a real chicken, but it was a chicken." And and uh, and then lo and behold, I'm listening to your episodes, and there was actually a situation with real chicken. So I don't know uh, if this holds as much weight anymore, but it was a funny situation. Just um, you know, in short, there. I was an assistant AD here. We had an athletic director that uh, is now a superintendent at one of the local schools and he's 10 years older than me. And then we have another assistant who's 10 years older than him. So there's, you know, pretty good age gap, but the three of us uh, just really, really got along well. Um, We enjoyed ourselves outside of work. We, you know, you spend so much time inside of work, but just created really good relationships. And uh, two of us are alike, myself and, and, he's now my assistant AD, Steve Dunlap. And, and, uh, the, the one who's the superintendent at a local school, um, is very type B and just, just a global thinker and it, very smart, but kind of an airhead at times on some things. And, and, and so I'm very detail oriented and in any ways we have a football game and, you know, this is, we're, we are already on heightened awareness because like I said, people run through, all the time on the fields or I make it sound like that, but it's happened, you know, probably five times in my career, five too many. Um, But it's, you know, halftime performance, a huge game and our band is out there and our band is outstanding. Um, They bring as many fans to our football, you know, as our, as our uh, state championship football team does. Um, And so they're performing and it's their moment. And, and I'm on the radio and they're on my sister, the AD and assistant AD are on the radio and all of a sudden this, this person kid in a chicken costume jumps the fence and starts weaving in and out of the, the uh, band performance. And I can't, I, I don't know what to say. And so all I keep saying on the radio is there's a chicken on the field. There's a chicken on the field. Where is it? It's running through, it's heading towards Mingo. There is a chicken on the field. And so there, you know, we're all scattered out in different parts and some people aren't even, uh, I think our AD was behind the stadium. So he couldn't even see what's going on. What do you mean? There's a chicken on the field. Was there a chicken on the field? He's running to the corner and, and uh, our, our person that was guarding the gate wasn't doing a very good job. And so the chicken jumps the fence and, and heads out to Mingo, which is our busy street that our stadium sits on and principals are jumping the fence and security and then they're running halfway down and they finally, you know, catch this kid in the parking lot. Um, and, and he blew him old. One of our students, uh, had the chicken costume and not sure how he got it into the stadium with nobody seeing, but that's, that's a game management story for another day. But, um, 
And, and so afterwards we, we're all exhausted. It's one of these big games and we're sitting up. We always kind of debrief. Sometimes we'll, we'll go to village Inn. we call it the victory breakfast. We'll go, you know, at midnight and what happened to you tonight? Well, what happened to you? And so we're all sitting here talking about the game and, and the AD who hadn't seen any of it just finally said, so tell me there was a chicken on the field. Yes. There's a chicken on the field. You know, I go through the whole thing jump aside, run through, head towards Mingo. Principals jump after him, tackle him. He's like, a chicken ran through the field. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, yes, what, what do we get about that? There's a chicken that ran on the field, jumped the fence, head towards Mingo, you know. <laughs> and finally, he's like, well, when it jumped the fence, why didn't they just let the chicken go? And I'm sitting here thinking, what does he not get about this? And I finally said, he was a kid dressed up. He goes, Oh, I thought you were a real chicken running through the field, you know, weaving in and out of the band and going around there. <laughs> so you think you're so, chasing a chicken out in the parking lot? Yeah. I mean, he at midnight, as we're sitting in this office talking about the game, the big game, and how we made it through, he he could not fathom why everybody once the chicken jumped the fence, why didn't we just let it go? And we had to explain, <laughs> oh, I was a kid, and he was in a kiss, you know, chicken costume and. And so it's it's been a good story that we've been able to keep going for a long time. So That's you funny. had you had like a legit Cal Stanford moment, but it was when the band was out on the field. Here yes. comes this chicken. Now he probably didn't hit any of those kids. Like no, back. no. But yep. I'm trying to I'm trying to rationalize in my mind with the guy that was the AD at the at the time. I'm I've been to to Union. And they're not like it's it's not like it's a two foot fence. Right. So when a right. chicken jumps the fence, I'm thinking this is not <laughs> how is that even remotely possible? I know. I know. I I I mean I my husband's the country guy. I wasn't I was raised smack dab here in the middle of uh, you know, city of Tulsa, Broken Arrow area. And uh so I I don't know much about how high chickens can jump. But in my mind, I'm thinking, what does he not get about this? And, and when I realized that, I think it, if it had been a real one, it would have maybe more or less crawled over the fence. I'm not sure that, you know, a chicken could have scaled that because it's a good four-foot fence over there. I, I'm just happy that the kid had a chicken costume on. Yes, that he was clothed. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for the chicken costume at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the funny things of this to me, I start thinking about that the chicken or the egg come first. Well, obviously in this case, it was a chicken, but it's fitting <laughs> that you may be having a, a victory breakfast at Village Inn, which probably involves some eggs. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> I mean, uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's just where my mind goes. It's just, uh, but throughout these, Emily, can you can you think of some takeaways for that may be beneficial for our ads that may be listening? That from a game management standpoint, from just uh, I mean, there's things you can and can't do. But as you look back on the stories that you've shared with us, are there some takeaways that you that you glean from these situations? Yeah, you know, I think that everybody's goal is to plan everything in advance so that nothing happens during a game that's not supposed to, whether it's at the ticket gate, whether it's a fight in the stands or, you know, that drunk fan that you have to kick out, you know, you, you put so much time and effort, um, it, it, you know, at least we do into trying to 
make sure those situations don't happen. You know, your role is to watch a game. But as we said earlier, when you have home events, that very rarely happens for an AD. Um, and so you try to do all those things. And, and probably the biggest takeaway is no matter what you do to prepare, plan and prepare and have people in place, there's going to be situations that happen. And so I think, um, you know, the fact that even, even as an AD, he didn't rush out there and panic and, and have a meltdown. I mean, he let us handle the situation. He let the principals, he let the people he put in charge handle those. And then two hours later said, now tell me a little bit about, you know, that. And so I think that knowing that you can't control every, every situation, um, those situations are going to happen. You, you don't sit here and plan, well, what if we have a streaker run across the, the field today? What are we, what are we going to do? You know, you just kind of tell and learn from those stories and, and you try to, I mean, at soccer now, we, we position a security guard on the opposite side. We learn from that. You know, if somebody's going to jump it, they're, they're not going to get very far because somebody's going to be over there to get it. And, and maybe, you know, do some tweaks then, but I think no matter how much planning and preparing you do, you just have to understand that situations are going to happen and then hopefully um, that you have a calmness about you to handle those situations as they come up. And it just sounds like that debriefing is a big part of that. You've made, yep. you know, adjustments to your game because you debrief as as a, a whole department and figure out what you need to do to be better. So right. just as much as that prevented planning goes in there, you got to debrief and then alter that plan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in spite of the bad juju you guys put on me, don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I don't want any speakers of any kind. Say it to yourself. But I think still thinking through that process of you can't have a plan for every single thing that will occur. Um, you've been doing this since you were two, since you've been doing it for 18 years. You've been, I mean, you were well advanced like Doogie Hauser. Um, but I, I think the reality is you've seen things that you didn't have any planning for. Um, right. We talked about with Cole that you don't have a chicken plan. Uh, well, chicken plan. Chickens. <laughs> and now this is chicken plan 2.0. Now we got to do a different thing. What if it's with the band? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, the thing that strikes me is that that wasn't, that wasn't a, had anything to do with the football game itself, like the game being played. This was a halftime performance and for the band kids, that's that's a huge opportunity for them to showcase what they do and show their value. And there's something that they're connected to. And then all of a sudden, a, a chicken runs through there. It's a student trying to interrupt that. Did the band continue to play, or did they get did they get sidetracked? They they did. They didn't miss a beat. It, it was like there was no chicken anywhere on there. And and you, I mean, you nailed it right there. So that opportunity is for them. That opportunity is to showcase that the amount of hours they put into practice before school, after school. I mean, it rivals what um, all of our athletic events are are doing and our coaches and our our teams. And so you hate in that moment. Um, you know, as an AD, I probably took a deep breath. Okay, it's the 16 minutes the band's going to be on there. I I don't have to worry about a thing. And then all of a sudden realize, oh, wait, I you know I do. It's still right. in the middle of this, but you you don't expect that. And that's my that's my take a deep breath before it all starts back up moment. And, um, it, you just, you're, you're not afforded that anymore. Uh, because once that event starts until it's in, unfortunately, or fortunately good or bad, it all falls back on you as the AD, because we, we are fortunate to be at a district. Our superintendent is a former coach. My boss is a former coach. Um, our assistant associate superintendent's a former coach. So they get it. 
um, and they stay out of our way and they let us um, do our jobs. Um, and so you want that to be the best product out there. So they continue to do that uh, without getting too far into it. And so, um, you know, in those situations, you're thinking, man, what could we have done? And, uh, you know, they're, they're few and far between, but they're obviously the ones that stand out 15 years later, or 10 years later, because it just doesn't happen every day like that. Well, don't think I missed what you said. They didn't miss a beat. I, 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 I got it I too. A good time mm-hmm. when it's when it's thrown in there. So, Heard what she did uh, there. Great use, <laughs> I applaud that. But uh, Emily, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for spending some time with us, and uh, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for just laughing with us today, and even at your own expense at one of these, just to be able to tell a story right. that's real. But I, I appreciate what you do in our profession. I appreciate your willingness to get on here and share. It's just, it's been a fun time for me. Yeah. Thank you all so much, Danielle. It was nice to to spend some time with you and Dustin. I, I'm, I can't wait for you to come back up and see our, uh, see our facilities over here. Yeah. The compound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you what, when I say the university of Tulsa is jealous of what they have, there, there's no joke. I mean, they are, they are very fortunate at Union to have the facilities that they have. And, I, and Emily would be the first to tell you they're blessed yeah. to be able to do that. Um, I don't say that, and she won't say it in an arrogant way whatsoever. It's right. just a, it's an impressive, impressive thing. And when I was growing up, Jinx Union was the game. I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is big in the state of Oklahoma. But from a high school perspective, it wasn't any bigger than Jinx and Union. And she's, she's in the chair at Union, which is impressive to me. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you so much, Emily. It was awesome chatting with you and hearing your stories. And I I think we need to check up with Dustin and about his streaker plan. I do think he needs to come up with that sooner rather than later, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a phone call to you after this, Emily. We're gonna work on that. <laughs> an, emergency, an emergency action plan that deals with streaking. We'll get it. We will with get nudity it. and kids. <laughs> I think there's some laws against that too. So I don't know if I can put that on paper. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Emily, we, we again thank you for your time. We thank Tickets Bigot for sponsoring this episode and I, every episode of Paradox. And hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've had fun. Uh, and and I know I can speak on behalf of Emily. If you want to reach out to her, she's available. She's a she's a resource that you will be glad that you have in your. Uh, in your Rolodex, back in the day, Rolodex, I guess now it's just your phone. But um, if you want to reach out to Emily, I'm, a, I'm just going to volunteer it for her. Uh, she'd be happy to visit with you and, and, and talk about things from her viewpoint as well. And again, being a female, I know she's big in the DEI um, part of the NIAAA, and I don't want to underscore that whatsoever. I think that's very valuable. Uh, I commend Emily for her, her diligence and that in that committee and being part of what they're doing. Um, so my hat's off to you, Emily, for, for jumping in and doing that and also being a female in a very male dominant world. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we will see everyone next week for another episode.